Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Jo Millmind, and this is episode 135, Hat in a Weekend. Hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of the Shannonies Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm back with you again this week. And if you are a new listener, welcome in. Glad you found us, and I hope you'll be sticking around for a long time, checking at the back catalogue. And if you are a returning listener, thank you once again, as always, for coming back and listening to the show and hanging out with me to talk about knitting again. So yeah, I'm glad to be back in episode 135, not that long after 134, after a little break. And today I want to talk a little bit about um, Hat in a Weekend. The, what's the word for it? Inspiration, I guess, for this um, podcast came from me deciding to randomly knit a hat in a weekend last weekend and I have finished the hat I've put some pictures on Instagram although my Instagram is a little bit dodgy at the moment I think a few people have had some issues but I knitted a hat in a weekend which is kind of unheard of for me because I like to like start a thing start another thing start another thing start another thing and there's nothing wrong with that like I'm not saying it's a bad thing it just means it doesn't all get finished and quite unusual for me to get something, pick it up, knit it all the way through and then have it off the needles in quite such a short period of time. So I decided that seeing as that was quick and satisfying for me, I would share that with you. And I've got five kind of hat in a weekend pattern suggestions for you coming up later in the show uh, that you could potentially crack out this weekend yourself if you're in that kind of mood because it's kind of cold now or at least it is where I am in the world. I think it is in the UK as well. Obviously, uh, further south with our friends, South Africa, Australia, etc. Not so cold, but um, there's nothing quite like a cold snap and icy breeze in your face to get you thinking about and wanting to make all of the knitted things. Where I am at the moment, there isn't much of the whole Christmas thing going on because they don't really do Christmas here. So you do get the odd bit here and there, but it tends to be out of season. So you'll not get a Christmas tree or Christmas decorations around Christmas, but you will find them up in a mobile phone shop. Like a Christmas tree will be up with the lights on in a mobile phone shop in June. Like the odd place that does it seems to embrace the Christmas all year round. Now, I ain't got a problem with that. I'm a massive Christmas person. I love it. I love the cheesy music. I love fairy lights. I would just live in a fairy lit grotto my entire life if I could. Just love it. I am that person that goes to the Christmas tree farm in the third week of November to hack down a Christmas tree to have in my house just because I can't wait to get stuff up. Now, there are no Christmas tree farms here. So I have a plastic Ikea tree because that's the kind of only tree you can get, because again, there isn't much choice of trees. But yes, it is up already, and put it up last weekend, because that's how I roll. And we've got a few decks on there, and I'll be... I don't know what I'll do when I get back to the UK. I'm back in the UK in uh, 20th December, so I don't really want to go and hack down a tree at the Christmas tree farm for the sake of a couple of days, because we'll be travelling around a lot. But 
I need to do something because every year we collect another bauble and I have a bauble from Steve Irwin's zoo in Australia. It's a crocodile with a Christmas hat on and I want to put him on the tree with all the other ones. So I'm going to have to come up with some kind of plan for that because I don't think it's really a great idea to have a real Christmas tree for the sake of a you know a couple of days. That feels like a bit of a waste. So anyway, slight diversion onto the sea theme there. But in this episode, as I said, we're going to have a little bit of news and um, some chit chat. I'll talk about my current works in progress because it's been ages since I've updated you on that. And then I've got five pattern in a weekend, hat in a weekend type pattern suggestions for you to crank out this weekend if you're looking for a little bit of inspiration or maybe some last minute um, gift knitting. If that's something that you do or you just want to make something for yourself, which I heartily endorse, then I've got five little patterns that you can crank out really quickly. So grab yourself a brew, get your knitting, get comfy and we will crack on with the show. First up then in the kind of generic newsy section-y thing is I'm going to do some shout-outs. There's quite a lot of shout-outs today. I didn't really realise how much you guys missed me until I put a random episode out that you weren't expecting and then I had loads of people send me messages and it was really nice. Like it made me feel really happy. So I know a couple of people have sent me emails, like I said before, in the last episode while I was uh, away, or not away, I was here, I was just working super hard and not really knitting, so I didn't really want to podcast. Um, I had a couple of emails, but like, I always assume no one's listening, like I know people are listening, I know, because like, the numbers don't lie, people are listening in lots of different places, and that's really cool, but I forget sometimes that that's the case and that people do miss me and I'm glad you do like I wasn't doing it on purpose I miss you as well but yeah it's really nice um, to hear from you so I'm going to indulge myself to say thank you to a few people gonna do a quick shout out to the following just for getting in touch and saying hello because I want you to know immortalized forever in the internet and lots of people's iPods what absolute legends I think you are and if there is anyone that I've missed on this list just ping me and let me know. I think I've got everyone, but I'm having a few issues with my Insta, like I say, and I'm not able to get back into all of the messages that I've had. So in no particular order, shout outs go to Marguerite, who contacted me from the shunting yard at 4am. She drives the longest ore trains in the world in Australia and listens to the podcast while she's doing so. And at 4am, she was listening to my I can't believe you're listening to me at 4am. That's not a great thing to be doing. Anyway, Renee Howes, Lynn Greaterex, Sharon Dent, Nicola Nolan, Miranda Shelley, Nicola Lane, hello. Sally Fiona, Donna Sue, who's a badass cop in America, love ye. Charlotte Daswell, who is amazing, flies planes for a living, takes the most beautiful aircraft um, pictures. Janet Still, Emma O'Keefe, Zoe Gilmore, Laura Stevens, Megan Bressam, Wendy Strandholdich. Sorry, I can't read my own scroll now. So if I mispronounce your name, it's because I'm unable to read my own writing. Uh, 
Diane Kawago, Poppy Pipkin, who has got a really cool name. I've mentioned you before, I think, on the podcast. Love your name. Uh, Mary Jones, Daryl Joy Borders, Ginny Smith, Emma Sperling, Joanna Martin, Neil Walk, Saratoga Knitting, Cat Lady Knitting, Miss LJV, RM West 21, Tillers, Louise Tilbrook, Hannah Simps, Champagne and Kiviet, Anne Sadman, Heidi Fieldston, Hells Lacey, Hold Stitch, Dr. Elbin Knits, Purple Fairy 458, Sud Gummy, Amy Croak. And I think that's everyone. I'm going to go and say Zoe Gilmore again, just in case I haven't read her out the first time because she's not in the list on a line. She's to one side because I ran out of space because there are so many awesome people. So thank you to all of you for getting in touch with me. I love you dearly. Moving on. I was contacted by a listener, uh, Zencrafter2, on Twitter, and she's just joined Twitter, and I need all of you to come help me and her support her in her latest project. She listens to the podcast, and she heard about the Knitter Square project from an episode way back when, and she's decided that she's going to do a project where she knits 500 squares for Knitter Square by her 50th birthday, which is on 7th of December 2020. And I think it would be awesome if we can encourage her along. And if anybody wants to join in with her or already does knit a square and wants to chat to her, I think that would be super cool. So she is on the Twitter at Zencrafter2. Go and give her a follow, give her a shout out, tell her that you heard about her project from the podcast. I'm over there liking and encouraging as I can. I quite like Twitter at the moment, even though there's like an election and everyone's kicking it off. I'm quite enjoying the Twitter. It's quite good. Cool. And the next thing, update on the China travels. I've had some requests in some of the messages for more armchair travel (laughs) um, and some more stories from over here. And there are loads like it is super crazy place to live. I quite enjoy it because every day is a different day in China and there's always something bonkers or interesting going on, you know, that you can talk about. But I guess the Biggest thing I think about if someone says like, what's what's China like is um, trying to learn Mandarin. Like, it's quite hard. I don't know if any listeners have tried to learn Mandarin before, but I'm reasonably good at languages or at least Germanic languages anyway. So I did like French and German at school and um, learned Afrikaans when I was there in South Africa. And I pick up those kind of of languages quite easily, probably because they're all Latin based and all sound pretty similar, but with a different accent, really. So I've all, always like found them quite easy. And then I came here and I am absolutely rubbish at Chinese. Like I try super hard, but it's 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 just completely different to anything that I've learned or spoken before. And I try really hard because I don't want to cheat and be lazy because we do do English speakers do that because we just expect everyone to be able to speak English because you know what most people can and we're we're allowed to be lazy because of that and it's bad we shouldn't be doing that at all and I don't encourage that but it's easy to do it to do it and I always try not to I try and like use learn some words and use the words and, and try and say them correctly so my Chinese is struggling mostly because I'm not very good at, at hearing the words and how to make 
the the different noises or different tones and different parts of the words to make it sound right. So there are apparently there are four tones, but I can only hear three of them. And there's like a flat one, one that goes up, one that goes down, and one that kind of goes down then up again. I can't hear the one that goes down. Like it sounds the same as, as the other ones. So that's quite tricky <laughs> because if you get the tone wrong, it's a totally different word. And I'm always worried that I'm going to say something really innocent and then it's going to be something rude <laughs> because I've got the tone wrong. And where we live also has quite a strange, um, a different accent to what you would hear on, say, like apps that you use to help you try and learn. It, the Where we live, they have a completely different accent. And even some of like our translators who help us, who are Chinese, can't understand people. I think it's a bit like being a northerner. And you know how like a lot of southerners can't understand northern accents? Um, and foreigners definitely don't understand northern accents. Well, I think it's a similar type thing. So I'm getting quite good at, at saying certain words that you use all the time in uh, an accent from here. But I don't think that is in any way a transferable type of accent. So it's quite tricky because when you do the app accent, it's completely wrong because that's not how you say it. So it's quite hard, but I'm trying my best and I, I have to like make myself not cheat. So whenever I go and do something, I always look it up on Google Translate beforehand. I don't just rely on it while I'm there because that's just being lazy again. So I can go and order um, baozi, which is like steam buns. If you are Chinese and listening, I'm sorry if I'm butchering the, the pronunciation. I find it very difficult. I can order beer and soda water. Soda shui, um, love soda water. And other than that, like my the, my entire vocabulary is focused around um, yoga. I've taken up yoga while I've been here. Never done yoga before. Decided I'm going to learn it in Chinese, as you do. And I'll tell you about this another time because it's quite funny. But I know quite a few words to do with yoga. And I've learned to count backwards from five to one in Chinese because of, yo <laughs> because of yoga. And... Um, I've also learned some random words to do with work that I'm never, ever going to use anywhere else. Like there are not conversational English words. <laughs> it's just, just not really helping me. It's not really helping me at all. But I'm trying, I am trying very hard. And um, it is quite difficult because it's super, like learning something new as an adult is challenging because you've got to put yourself in a place where you're uncomfortable and you've got to put yourself in a place where you don't have all the answers and by the time you get to being an adult and a parent like you're expected to have the answers pretty much or you might expect yourself to have the answers and you don't when you're learning something new you've got to make yourself kind of uncomfortable and what is difficult about learning Mandarin is like you want to do it. Like I really want to do it. And like I want to have conversations with people because people are very friendly in China and talk to you, but I don't understand what's, what's being said. So I can't reply, which makes me feel really rude. And I'm British. Like I hate that. And I can't read anything. I can't read any, any of, of the writing because there are so many different symbols and Another one for sheep because it looks a bit like a sheep's face and I've got these Chinesey cards to help me try and learn some of the, the symbols. Um, but it just means that you're sort of completely deprived of, of any 
way of gathering information because you can't speak to anyone, you can't ask for anything, you can't read anything. So unless you've got your phone and your Google Translate, you're a bit screwed really. And that's, it's a really uncomfortable place to be because there is so much going on here and so many people and there's so much cool stuff to learn. And it's difficult to access that because you just don't, you just don't know what's going on. And I mean, I can only imagine that this is what like not being able to read and write is like because I can't read and write in Chinese and it's just really tricky like it's hard and uncomfortable but you know that's good it's good things good learning experience and obviously I am working hard on on my Chinese the beast is really good at it she's like got the accent she's got everything she can sing happy birthday in Chinese like she's she's on it um I'm less goods but I can order steam buns so that's good and beer and I mean what else do you need in life other than steam buns and beer quite frankly so yeah if anyone has any recommendations for um, good ways to learn languages or good apps that I could use to assist me in my quest that would be absolutely super and then I can you know actually have conversations with people which would be nice so I'll talk about some other stuff in later episodes, just things that are going on, including my absolutely woeful attempts at yoga. It is hilarious. I am just an absolute nightmare. And I'm also learning to play the piano and to play the drums as well. So there's some really like funny stuff that's gone on that I can tell you about another time. So that is pretty much news and updates and a bit of armchair travel for you so I will tell you now about what I am knitting before we go on to the five patterns for a hat in a weekend. So I mentioned last time that I've been a little bit lacking in the mojo it's sort of gone west and a a few people have, have mentioned this as well I think it's something maybe a product of everyone being quite busy, but there's also like a lot of stuff going on in the world, like elections and all that kind of guff. And I don't want to talk about any of that here, but there is a, there's like a lot going on and people are tired, I think. Like there's a lot going on. And so naturally you kind of lose your mojo a little bit. And I mentioned last time that mine has come back thanks to some awesome self-striping yarn dyed by Carle from Nurturing Fibres and a simple afterthought heel sock pattern other than that I'm still working on I think I was working on it the last episode I did 133 in March uh the compass sweater by tin can knits I really like tin can knits patterns and this was one of the patterns out of their um collection and it completely lost slipped my mind what the name of the book is but the pattern is compass and it is for a stranded um fair isle jumper with a kind of line pattern on the yoke and then it's not fitted it's kind of like a normal shaped long sleeved sweater and i'm knitting this in susan crawford vintage yarn it's a dk weight sweater and i'm knitting it in Odenil and Cornflower. It's her Exelana yarn, which is um, a nice, sheepy, quite robust feeling yarn, especially compared to a buttery merino. But I've worn that yarn before in um, garments and it is super cosy. It is dead nice and it makes for, you know, really hard wearing but good looking jumper. So quite excited about that. I have split the arms. I'm halfway in the body and I'm just working my way around 
just getting some inches on that bad boy till we can get to the hem and uh, switch needles and get get ribbing basically so just cracking on with that quite enjoying it I really enjoyed the stranded part it, as always tin can knits patterns are super easy to follow and uh, it was all charted so it was dead easy to do I definitely knitted some of it after a wine or two I've knitted some of it out in public as well and I find it you know the, the patterns are that clear that you can just follow them so they're also good if you've never done it before. I've not done a lot of Fair Isle, but if you've never done Fair Isle, you could definitely pick up one of their patterns and just be able to follow it and do it and take your time. So I would have a look at that. I'll put a link in the show notes and I'll put a picture of my knitting progress on there so you can have a little shufty at it, see what you think. And obviously I'll link out to the yarns and everything else from Susan so you can go and have a look there. I've also just knitted my hat in a weekend and this I guess is segueing nicely into what you know my current work in progress for that. So I used some yarn that I picked up in Australia at a yarn shop in Sydney. It wasn't chosen by me, Uh, Sanimal picked the yarn because he decided he wanted to have a hat and he's going to pick this yarn. And I don't know whether it's just his personality or whether I've not briefed him enough, but he didn't do a lot of squishing, feeling, sniffing, any of that business in the yarn shop. He just walked over, picked one up, put it down, picked this one up, which was a heavier weight yarn and was just like, want that one, mummy, want that one. So he picked up some Morris & Co Empire Temply yarn, which is 100% merino. It's Australian merino spun in China. It's commercial yarn in the colourway Absinthe, which is like a emerald green, I would say. And I picked up two balls of that, two 50 gram balls, and I've used probably a ball and a quarter on this hat. I have used the classic beanie pattern, which is a woolly wormhide pattern, and it's free on Ravelry, and it's for Aran weight yarn, so I just template Aran weight, same thing pretty much, four and a half millimeter needles for a ribbed beanie. And the reason I chose this pattern is because I really like the way that the crown was shaped and all of the ribs sort of like herring boned into each other. And then there are four ribs from each kind of corner, I guess, of the hat. It's not a corner. You don't have corners on a circle, do you? But you know what I mean? Each each quarter, I guess, the lines that make the quarters, they all come together into a really nice point at the very tip of the hat. And I think it looks really nice. So that's why I picked that one. It looks really structural and all of Woolly's hats, like you never get a tatty you know, crown on any of her hats. They're always, the crowns and the structure and the way it's constructed is always really thoughtful and interesting. With her hat, she's got quite a few free patterns. So if you don't fancy this one, definitely check out some of her others. Appreciate it is just before Christmas and everyone's like spending all the money on on all the things. And it's nice that there are some great free patterns out there that you can follow. This was super easy to follow. So if you're a beginner, then you can definitely do that as well. And you can just have a look at, you know, any other ones that she's got available for free if you don't uh, fancy this one. So I will talk about the yarn shop that I went to another time on another episode because I don't want to get into that now. But 
Woolly has been a guest on the podcast before and I will link out to her episode as well in the show notes so you can hear about her. She talks a lot about her methods of uh, designing and being a hat architect and how she approaches making these really intricate and interesting designs. It's definitely worth a listen if you've not heard it before and if you have, go back and have a listen. It's probably been ages since you heard it and definitely worth another listen again. So that was a classic beanie pattern from Woolly Wormhead, which is free on Ravelry. All of the links for these patterns will be in the show notes. You can find the show notes at shinybees.com forward slash 135. The next one is the classic cuffed hat by Pearl Soho. It's another free pattern for worsted weight yarn for a basic beanie. It's got a ribbed cuff. It's a bobble hat. Stocking, stitch, body, dead simple, really straightforward, 150 to 300 metres of yarn and, you know, Bob's your mum's brother, off you go. It's an unoffensive pattern. It's, you know, staple knit, Every, you know, no effort required. Everyone kind of likes it. It's just a no-brainer, super easy knit. So that is the classic cuffed hat by Pearl Soho. The next one, and this one's definitely going on my list because I really love a slip stitch pattern, is Swirlwind by Nicole van der Lee. This is a paid for pattern. It's six Canadian dollars and it's again a worsted weight uh, knit for a tock with a ribbed brim and then it has a swirling slip stitch slash, you know, like two uh, slip, slip cable pattern that swirls around the body. So it rotates around the body of the hat. Now you can make this one interesting or look more interesting. I think it'd be a fun knit anyway, because obviously every few uh, stitches you're going to be slipping a stitch and it makes a really nice pattern. But you, the good thing about slip stitches is it plays around with your yarn quite a bit. So if you have a variegated yarn, it'll pick certain little flecks of colour out of that variegated and just lift them above the yarn. You can also look at doing a two colour version of this and maybe do stripes in between and then slip the same colour for the slip stitches which is um, again another way of making it interesting it makes it look a little bit briochey then because you've got that one colour sticking out on the swirls above the other and it makes the the structure and that that pattern stand out even more if you can find a self-striping worsted weight yarn then I reckon that would be super interesting as well to knit with but basically this pattern will do a lot of the work for you and if you've just got a plain bog standard yarn it's going to look awesome in that as well so Definitely worth having a look at that one. It is Swirlwind by Nicole van der Lee. Number four is Tchaikovsky Hat by my pal Helen Stewart of Curious Handmade. She has a podcast as well, so if you don't listen to her already, you can find her at Curious Handmade Podcast. I think it's curioushandmade.com. And she's got a couple of hundred episodes for you to rattle through if you've not already heard from her before. This pattern was from Knitvent 2017. Knitvent is an annual collection that Helen brings out every year for like Advent. It's like all about gift knitting and it's a big surprise. This year's one, I think the last pattern comes out today, perhaps, if it is the 28th indeed today. No, it's the 29th. I think the last pattern has already come out yesterday, perhaps. But I'll link to that as well in the show notes to this year's one. This is from 2017. Uh, from the collection for that year 
which was inspired by the Nutcracker. And it's £5.34. It's a paid for pattern. Or if you want all six patterns in that collection, it is £15.54. That is pounds sterling. This is for a DK weight hat with uh, it's got a ribbed brim it's really simple it's got this nice repeating texture like a couple of stitches that repeat all the way around so it it makes these little bumps on the fabric that look a bit like you know those little music boxes where you turn they've got a proper name I can't remember what it is though and it's you turn the little handle and it's got like the metal and the little drum it's got little little points that stick up all over the drum and as you turn it it plays different parts of this little metal comb and then that makes a song it reminds me of that that might be I might have just not made that up like that might be what it was to do with but um that's what it reminds me of but it looks really nice and it just adds a bit of interest without it being overwhelming so it's a bit more interesting to knit but particularly looking at that gift knitting approach I think it's a little bit you know, better that if you're going to knit something and you want it to be quick for someone else, but you don't want it to be maybe heavily cabled or super crazy yarn or whatever. This is something where there's a little bit in it for you still. It's not just round, 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 but not so much that people will be like, wow, that's a bit out there. I'm not wearing that. So I really like it. It's, it's just nice. She does a lot of nice classic, you know, understated, but very kind of timeless designs I think I really like them so that is the Tchaikovsky hat by Helen Stewart and finally the last one I quite like this I liked the name of it and I really like the uh, the look of the hat as well it's called a useful diversion it's by Elizabeth Felgate and this is a paid for pattern it's three pounds seventy and it's for a hat it's got quite a deep brim like a, a quite a deep cough it's three by three ribs. It's quite chunky. And then it's got this really awesome textured stitch pattern that, again, that rotates around the body of the hat. It's done in a worsted weight yarn. Comes in like baby small, medium, large. And there's just, again, part of her inspiration for it was that it's a useful diversion. There's just enough in it to kind of divert your mind away from things. And also the stitch pattern sort of diverts as well from itself. Um, which produces a really nice textured hat. It would look good in nice solids, semi-solids for sure. And I'll be interested to see how it looks. I couldn't see any pictures on the project pages for variegated. Be interested to see how that would turn out. But definitely a nice semi-solid solid would look cracking for this particular pattern. So that is a useful diversion by Elizabeth Felgate. So that concludes our five patterns for Hat and a Weekend. If you decide to get involved and take part in this, then definitely tag me, show me your pictures, email me, let me know. It's info at shinybees.com. I'm at shinybees on more social media. And let me know. Maybe, I don't know if the hashtag, hashtag Hat and a Weekend is available, but if it isn't, you know, get that on there. Let's have our own hashtag. Because I'm going to be knitting another one this weekend. I may well do the same pattern again, actually. I might smash out another woolly and do that one again in some different yarn. I've got some some more Australian yarn that I would like to use that I have earmarked for family hats. So I will be looking at that, maybe knitting another one. It's quite exciting. <laughs> Thank you. 
And finally, I asked last time about tips for getting out of a funk. Because, I mean, I'm out of one now, so I'm laughing. And my tip was to pick something fun, really fun yarn and easy, and then knit it for somebody else. And maybe that will help you. And I've had a couple of suggestions from people uh, or stories about how they have been out of a funk that I'm just going to share with you quickly now. So Nicola Nolan got in touch and she said she got out of a funk by meeting Christine Perry, who is Winnick mom. You might be familiar with her. I will link to her website as well. She does a lot of stuff with sock knitting in particular. Lovely lady. And um, you can go and check out all of her stuff. I think she's got tutorials and things as well over there. And Nicola met her and that decided to make her pull her finger out and get some stuff finished, which is pretty awesome. I also heard from Amy Croke and she wrote in, she said, Hi Joe, great to hear the podcast again. It's been missed. Yay! I hear you on the lost knitting mojo. Mine waned for nearly a year, was only doing a bit here and there because no one created that extra day in the week despite my constant insistence that it's needed. I hear you, sister. And she says, for me, getting back into it was trying to carve out a bit of time for it and getting my own personal schedule in order. I'm working full time and studying for accountancy exams and being a mummy. I started getting up earlier in the morning to watch lectures and doing and started doing a bit of simple knitting while watching lectures using the excuse of cognitive anchoring. And having a small project on hand to work on with my morning coffee and the early morning study meant that some of my evenings freed up for some couch knitting. That's cool. So that's another idea that you can try is getting up a bit earlier I am having to get up earlier to go and do my music lessons I'll tell you about that another time but it does kind of like that choice to create that space it it does really help it doesn't need to be for your knitting it can be for whatever you want um maybe you want to journal or meditate or learn music or whatever you want to do allocating that time um, protecting that time means that you're more likely to get it done. So that's a great idea. So thank you very much for that, both ladies, Nicola and Amy. So I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I am looking forward to being back with you very soon. I have a, something up my sleeve, shall we say. And I don't want to tell you what it is yet until I'm definitely sure I can make it happen. But I am working on that for you in the meantime. But I hope you will all have a lovely week, happy crafting, and I will speak to you all again soon. Cheers. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for this episode can be found at the website, which is shinybees.com forward slash 135. If you've enjoyed this episode of the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Music for this episode was kindly provided by Adam and the Waterboys with I Need a Drink, which is available on iTunes. 